All right, Andy, you ready? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Welcome to the Behind the Seas podcast, where the six-man team gives you a behind-the-scenes look at what it really takes to bring bands and fans together at sea and on land. Each episode, we'll hear from artists, team members, share stories, and you know, with over 20 years of events, it's bound to be good. And ta-da! Welcome, 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 welcome. This is episode one of the Six Man Podcast interview series. I mean, tune in over the weeks coming up, the months coming up, and you'll hear more about uh, our company, hear from our team itself, and and even artists who've sailed with us. Uh, my name is Bear, aka Brian Lamar. You probably know me as Bear if you sailed with us, and it is my pleasure to introduce one of humanity's greatest gifts, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, our chairman, Andy Levine, the visionary himself. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Levine, welcome oh. to the Six Man Podcast. Thank you, Bear. This is great. This is awesome. I don't deserve it, but... Yes, you do. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. And as you're seeing right now, I mean, Andy is just such a humble and generous person um he never wants to take credit for doing such amazing things uh that he has done one of which we're going to talk about today i mean this is the 20th anniversary year of a little idea of yours called sixth man andy uh let's just start there what was your vision how did six man start what 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 would possess you to come up with this crazy idea uh well uh, Six Man really was about uh, carrying on a common theme that I had seen in my life where I, I had, uh, as if you're familiar with the basketball term, Six Man is the first man off the bench, not the starter, uh, but a hustler can play multiple positions and, and can have an impact on the game. And uh, that was kind of the role I played in my high school basketball team. And then I got in a band when I was in college and I was not very good, but I uh, I booked all the shows, so they let me stay in the band. So I was always like kind of the hustler. And then when we start, I had a chance to work with bands and the, and 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 build a connection with their fans. I considered that was kind of our role, right? We were the kind of the bridge in between. And so when we got a chance to like take fans on vacation with bands, oh man, it was. I didn't think we had a choice, man. I I, I was uh, I had been a manager for a while and wasn't loving a lot of the industry. I mean being a manager, it's a lot of things, right? So you're dealing with the radio and the record company and the publishing company and all the things, right? And um, I love this kind of connection between the fans. And so when we took when we took the two best parts that we liked out to see, the fans and the bands, we felt like we got to put the other stuff all behind us. So that's, that's really kind of what I remember, although it's been 20 years and this fish still keeps getting bigger, but uh, the story. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, was it was it a hard sell in the beginning to say, hey, to to your bands, like, look, I have this idea. I want to put you in close proximity with a bunch of raving fans of yours for a weekend getaway or whatever it was originally. I mean, was that a hard sell? Yeah, it was. But I got to say, the only band in the world that I could have imagined being up for that at the time was Sister Hazel. So it was like really the right band. I can't think, especially looking back now, to go first. These are the guys to be like, you know what? Yeah. You know, I mean, what we were what I remember is the fans saying, hey, we've done everything you've asked us to do. We've 
called the radio stations for you. You know, back then we've, we've uh, put up posters, let you sleep on our couch. We just want a weekend where we can hang out on the beach and drink beer and have some burgers. And, and the band was like, yeah, they're right. They have done all these things. And so at first no one was crazy about the cruise. They were like, is that the best we can do? But once we talked about it, we said, uh, Guys, you know, the, the best thing we did, and they were told, again, I got to give Sister Hazel all the credit, man. I would have never even been able to think about this idea if I wasn't working with a band like that, that I knew would be receptive, right? Because if I'd been working with anyone else, it might have been an idea, but I would have even, I'd have never said anything because I would have yeah. been like, there's no way they're going to go for this. So I'm just so grateful that I was paired up with that band at the time, you know, and the friendships. But, you know, the best thing we did was, we decided to take away any anxiety that would come from being trapped on a ship was the first day we would at, we would reserve the back lounge, the, the bar and do a 90 minute open bar sign everything. And there was another band we were working with called Dexter Freebish that, that was doing well at the time that joined in as well. They were like, sweet, let's do it. So again, an, another, uh, a band that got it. And, um, and so I remember we, we, the band told their wives, we all told the wives, go to dinner. We'll meet you at dinner. We're going to, we're just going to do it. And I told the band, let's make a toast. No one sitting behind tables, grab a Sharpie, go sign everything and take every photo. Now let's just do it. Let's have drinks. And it worked. And the rest of the trip was like a bunch of friends hanging out. You know, no one asked for an autograph or a photo. It was just, it felt like your buddies. And also, the people that came on the cruise were the people that had been coming to the shows. They knew them. The band was so surprised that they actually knew most of the names of the people because it was the front row from, you know, 40 cities or whatever it is. So, Wow. See, that's <clears throat> shout out to Sister Hazel. Let's I mean, let's just get that out of the way. I mean, they're the godfathers of this. And I mean, honestly, just the way you described it, it seems like. I mean, again, you were visionary. You were on the cutting edge of kind of. I guess, gelling together these communities and saying, hey, there's strength in mobilizing our, our team, our fans, and turning that into something bigger than it, than it is, other than people that are just kind of being passive fans. I mean, bringing them together, that, I mean, that's, a, that's an amazing idea, man. I mean, I, I tell you that all the time, and I, I knew you were onto something when I met you 10 years, 12 years after it. I knew it. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy, he has the right idea, man. So salute to all of you. Well, I just say, like, again, I mean, there's no way this happens. You know, people rarely like to give the right people credit, but there's no way this idea gets any sort of momentum without Sister Hazel being receptive because, yep. in the end, it wasn't me who was going to be uncomfortable. I didn't have any fans that were going to make me uncomfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I had nothing to lose, right? They had everything to yeah. lose. They had everything to lose. And, I, and the rock boat doesn't, isn't alive today without them. The energy they brought into, brought into this the entire time, the humility – the ability to Absolutely. support it, to welcome any other band and say, Hey, we're glad you're here. You know, you, you, what, what's important to you. And I've seen these guys give up the nice cabins for, for new bands that are coming on because they want to show them yep. a good time and they want them to have a good time with their wives. And they're like, you know what? We get the nice cabin sometime, but we're going to go down and we're going to stay at this another place. So this band can have this experience. And that's all them, man. That's sister Hazel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Sister Hazel, definitely um, every boat, they find a way to, I think, re-energize everybody and make it just seem like it's a brand new thing. Um, and they're always so gracious and so willing to to share what they've built with new people coming in and, and just keep 
keep on spreading that spirit amongst amongst the community, man. So yeah, toast to Sister Hazel, man. They keep doing it. I mean, the Rock Boat's still here 21 years later, right? They're doing something, right? It's unbelievable. So okay, let's so. Uh, what was success for you back then, Andy? I mean, here we are 21 years later. Did you think it was going to be 20 years of this concept that you came up with? Or, I mean, what did it look like to you? Man, anyone who knows me knows I, I, I don't get stuck looking at what 10 years looks like. I look right. I, I'm so focused on what 10 minutes looks like that, that <laughs> I'm doing 10 minutes at a time. And I, and I try to, I think if I look back, like the one thing I've been the most blessed with for some reason, is to be able to attract amazing people to help deliver on these wild, crazy ideas and dreams. And, yeah. and it can only go as fast as the, as the people. And so I was, for some reason, I found people who were maybe just as crazy as I was to say, you know what, let's do it. You know what I mean? Who knows if it's going to work? But, but um, I mean, back then, success, honestly, success was the band saying they want to do it again. And the fans saying they want to do it again, the guests. Like, if people mm-hmm. were going to come back and we could delight them, I get that's where all my charges. Like, you know, you you guys have been around me. I have I've yet to find the bottom of how much energy I have for helping taking what will be a good moment and trying to like tilt it some way so it becomes really powerful for everybody on a connection standpoint. So. Uh, I love that. That's my personal charge. But like, I knew if the band got off and said they want to do it again and the fans did, then we would be, that was success. Then we could figure it out from there. Absolutely. Yep. That's, I think that's one of the keys. I think that stuck with me um, is, is your whole year. I mean, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Let's just do a and B let's get people here. Let's do this and we'll figure out the rest. And I mean, it, it works, man. It's, it's a good plan. I, I, I run with it all the time. Um, but what would you tell young Andy now that you've you've made it a couple of years? What would you say to young Andy about about some plans? I mean, successes, failures, anything that you would share with him what, okay. now that you know now? So I would tell young Andy um, two things. Um, get out of the way of the great people. Get out of the way. Um, and then I would also tell him to tell the people who are struggling you know, there's another opportunity for you. Don't, don't wait too long because you don't want to hurt someone's feelings. But the truth is when something's not working, everybody knows it's not working and, and it just takes a long time to do it. And that could be having the wrong, the right person doing the wrong thing, right? Which Mm -hmm. is a really great thing when you can do that. And there's tons of those in our organization, but just saying, hey, listen, this is not working, but that's okay. Let's figure it out. Let's let's find let's try something different so that it works well for you. I don't want you like stressing out. You need to be enjoying your days. I'm enjoying mine. You should be enjoying yours. And um, and figuring that out, like getting to the bottom of that. I think those are those are two things. Cause I found when I was able to get out of the way, clearly say, Hey, this is what's important to me. You guys got it? Yeah. And then if I get at the further I got away, the better it, it took on its own life. And even today, like I could have never dreamed this up. I can sit here and say, yeah, I, I had a feeling six men would do that. But like to freaking take, you know, over a million days of vacation. No, those were dreams. Those were dreams we didn't form until 2009. Like, you know what I mean? So that was yeah. seven years in, so eight years in. So, so yeah, we were just at that point, it was like, dude, can we do it? Will it, can we freaking float this baby and go? So that's it. Those are my two advices. To myself. What was your, what was, 
what was your aha moment? Like, give me, give me a moment when you were like, holy shit, this is it. I, this is really, this is really working out. I mean, seven years in, eight years in, what, give me a moment that, that just sticks out for you. Okay. So it was uh, in February of 2008. Okay. We had been doing the rock boat. We've been doing one cruise a year. And was it 2007 or eight? It was 2007 or eight. It was our first bare naked ladies cruise. And, you know, we had been doing some good stuff, but that was a, at the time, that was a really big band. And they were leaving their record label and said, we want to do what you guys are doing with sister Hazel. We love it. You know what I mean? And I was like, then that's when we realized how much work this was. Right. Cause we were doing one a year, but like, then we we're doing two, three a year. And we're like, Whoa, this is a lot yeah. of work. And then we're saying, if the bands don't like it and we got to start over every year with a new band, like this is not going to work because you can't, you can't do it that way. You got to get the bands to want to come back year after year. And so, and so I'll never forget. I was staying on the last night of the cruise, the last night of the cruise, they called me backstage before they went on for their final show. And I didn't know what they wanted to say, but they're like, listen, we want to do this again. Are there dates that we can do? And of course, our team was like, yeah, we, we were ready for that. I mean, we were so ready, hoping, yeah. we just praying this would happen. And sure enough, man, I, they, we did it. They went through the notes and I went out there and I was sitting with my family and they came out and about the third song, they said, hey guys, save the date. We're doing this next year. And that, I'll never forget that moment because that's the moment where I was like, this is going to work. If we can take a band like that and do it one time and take them from, oh, wow, what's this going to be to like, let's do this every year. If we can do that, then we can do that. We can build a real business. And man, I'll never forget that moment. It was uh, February 2007 or 2008, whenever the first Bareneculated Ships and Dip Cruise was for me. Wow. Who are your, uh, do you have any hero bands aside from Sister Hazel, Bare Naked Ladies? I mean, aside, I mean, not a favorite or anything, but just somebody who just wowed you just one year where you were like, this is an amazing performance. I'm so glad I could create this venue for them. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I tend to look at bands as how I, how I appreciate them on stage versus off stage as far as their music versus the energy and the energy they put into connecting with their fans, right? So like, yeah. So like, you know, honestly, the Bare Naked Ladies kind of set the standard. They, they were the band that took a photo with everybody. I don't know if people remember this, but they they basically, when you walked into the ship, right before you walked onto the ship, they surprised you and took a photo with them. And, 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 it, and it was not promised, like it was just a surprise. And then they went up on the stage and they did a surprise show at Sail Away. They just got on the wow. And so I had a guest come up to me and say, we were just pulling away. We hadn't even, you could still see land. He said, if, if y'all turn around and go back right now, I've got my money's worth because I already got a photo with the band and they got this surprise show and we hadn't even gotten into the trip yet. So that was a really big deal. So I, I got to say, like, as far as like a band at that level that was willing to work that hard, that was a, that was a big deal. Now there have been others that I see do that, but like, that was like to do it back then to go first. Uh, on stage, man, I, I don't, I mean, musically, there's so many. I mean, I still think Need to Breathe is such a dang good band. They're just mm -hmm. so good that, you know, obviously I've gotten to build some friendships with bands that I like on and off stage, you know, like Brandy Carlisle has become, you know, it's just someone that took kind of, that you, I got a window to watch closely through that whole, through the journey and great, but like Zach Brown's amazing. I mean, these bands are so good on stage. So I don't know if it's a hero, 
but uh, Stephen Keller. I mean, I don't know, man. I've I've been treated to some really great musical moments where I actually got lost and forgot I was working. You know, I, I felt like I felt I, it was so good. I thought I was going to go have to pay for a cabin. That's how fast I felt. <laughs> great cabin. <laughs> All right. Well, then that, that's even better. Give me give me a good fly on the wall moment of you just being on a boat over the years where you you might have caught something happening with it, whether it was with the guests or or with bands talking to guests or whatever it was just a really cool moment that that you were like yeah this is this is what it's all about this is a good time yeah i think uh jen weddick was she i gotta give her credit for this one but we were on the weezer cruise oh yeah absolutely and uh there's like a little library and these guests were getting together i don't know if it was every night or just the last night but they were they had a guitar and they were in there singing like all Weezer songs and stuff. There's supposed to have been 15, 20 people in there. And I walked in there. I was like, this is the best ever. And so of course I'm like, buy everyone some beer. Let's go go get some buckets, you know? And so I want to add to this, you know I me, mean? I want to pour some fire on this thing. And then sure enough, you know, after like 30 minutes, the lead singer of Weezer walks in the dang room and sits down and everyone's like, it was so cool. Cause they were like, they wanted to go to him, but then they knew if they did, he'd leave. So they, they managed to keep it together and he just sat there like he was having an out-of-body experience watching them sing his songs. And it was just so nice. Like that was just, that was pretty awesome. That was so awesome. So. All right. So here we go. So on the other side of awesome, what's a, a challenging moment that you had on board or that happened that you overcame, that you guys found victory in, that we found victory in? Well, I mean, you know, the, I think the one that defined the company really was Katrina in 2005. You know, we had we were getting a little swagger, right? It was our fifth rock boat. It, it was the first one that sold out in advance. I mean, I mean, not just in advance. It sold out. We put it on sale like the November before that September or whatever it was. And uh, and this thing sold out in a couple of weeks. So we sat there for a whole year going, wow, what a great thing, you know, and we all we just got to pour into the experience. And then Katrina happens. And, you know, the way our contract was, the cruise line just had to give us back the money for the boat, but that didn't count all the money for the bands and the marketing and all of our employees for the year. And I thought we were out of business. I really did. And two things happened. You know, I've talked about this before, but like we started thinking we're going to throw a concert on a boat, right? Okay. That was step one. Then we thought, oh, we're going to do a festival on a boat. And then we realized we're throwing a vacation because when people pack their suitcase, that's a vacation, right? You know what I mean? And the expectations change. And so we're like, Hey, if we're going to win this game, we got to become the host in a hospitality game. So we took all that into 2005. We started thinking about that. Well, then when, when people started to realize that it was canceled and they could estimate just how that could hurt us, um, people were saying, keep my money don't go out of business. This means too much to me. Right. And then I was like, well, wait a minute, we're having, we're building a community that we're having. This is a bigger impact than a vacation. These people are like, this means a lot to people. And so I think that really changed it for us from that moment forward, 2005, we became, we're a community business. We're in the, we, we take people on vacation, but it's only to build community. And that was, that was huge. And to, to overcome that and to end up having the cruise line see our point of view and do the right thing to let us pay our bands. And, you know, we ended up inviting whoever could come that weekend. We were supposed to be together. You know, nowadays you do a virtual, everyone's doing a virtual music festival that they can't be on vacation with. But man, we actually, at that time, we had 400 people show up in Atlanta. 
And we told any band that showed up to play, we'll pay you your full amount. And a bunch of them did. And we played kickball in the park and we raised some money for uh, a dog shelter in, in New Orleans. And But I would say that was, to me, it has to be like one of the biggest things we've overcome that was just transformational, transformational and a blessing, ended up being a blessing. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, just, that, that's amazing, man. I mean, just a lot of the, a lot of the words that you just said seem to be kind of at the core of six man now um, overcoming and um, making a way and just not refusing to, to say, no, the show's over. It's just figuring out a way to make it happen. Um, I mean, that's kind of, let's, let's go ahead and skip forward. I mean, the cruise companies, the cruise lines, they took notice of that and they, they saw what you were doing. And I guess eventually did they approach you about saying, Hey, let's, uh, let's make this a permanent fixture on ships or was it the other way around? How did that go? I think what I remember was I've started to get invited to meetings with like the CEOs of the cruise lines, you know, and, and I, I remember being down in Miami staying with a friend of mine and I was, I was going to a meeting and you guys know I'm notoriously casual and, uh, and I was going to the meeting and I had jeans and a flip flops on and like a t-shirt and, and, uh, the guy I was staying with his, his sister was there. She said, Andy, you can't meet with the CEO of Carnival Cruise Lines wearing that. And he said, absolutely. He can, that's who he is. And he needs to wear it. He can't show up looking like them. And so what his point, <laughs> which ended up playing out was it was, they were so perplexed that how a company, you know, a company was able to fill their ships during a time where they had a hard time doing it and charge three mm-hmm. times or three times more than they could without spending hardly any money on marketing. And, and people were waiting in line. Like it just, they just couldn't get their head around it. And even when, when it led to us selling the company to Norwegian, that was the biggest thing that I heard later was, while we didn't, comp- the fact that we didn't completely understood it, stand it, but we went and saw it and we just saw awesomeness happening, you know, from the guest side, the artist side, the, your team and everything, that even though we couldn't define what it was, we just knew that we needed to have some of that sauce, you know, and it was, just, it was really cool. They didn't, they don't tell you that when it's happening, but they tell you that a couple of years after the deal's done. But those are some stories that I remember and, you know, that's what you want, right? When you got a ship, you got to fill it, right? And if you got someone that can do that in the hard times, right, then go get them. So, so king of community, I, I like that as a new title for you. Um, tell me about the community of Six Man. I mean, when you were putting together this A team of awesome individuals originally, I mean, what what was the interview process like in the beginning? Let's start with that. How did you how did you recruit these original? Uh, forebearers of ours to to be on this team. I mean, I listen a lot. There's a lot of people that were interviewed like at a bar. I mean, it was probably not the best way to do it, but but I think it was just a mindset we were looking at, we were looking for. And um, you know, as far as building, as far as building the company, I think one of the biggest things we did early on was we said, "Hey, we need people," and we. I said, I want you guys to help me think of people, you know, who are doing well at a job they hate. Okay. Mm. If you can show me who's doing well at a job they don't like, then then we're going to, they're going to love this job, right? Because they're going to, they'll be able to, they'll love it. They should love this job and they should be able to impact. 
I think my biggest regret in all of this, you know, that's that I've felt for a few years and all this is that the tendency when you do that is you go to the people you know, and the people you know look like you and think like you. And I hated that because now as I'm building a new company, I'm seeing just the intentionality you have to do to get out of that circle and go find people that look different, believe different, marry different, and find the treasure there because that treasure mm. is is even better, right? Because now you're now you have moments that I'm having now where it's like, I'm having a great, we're winning battles. And I, I didn't even know this person a year ago. And I would have never known this person, you know what I mean? And I'm learning and I'm growing. So, but I would say back then for us, it was like, hey, if we're gonna build communities, we gotta be a community, right? We can't build one and not be one. And so we put a lot into that. And and with that comes a lot of heartbreak because people care a lot. Yeah, Things aren't going well or when it's time for someone to move on, it just rips everybody's heart apart. But that's what I tell people on the cruises when we lose a guest, you know, someone passes away and we'll do a memorial. And I say, guys, this is the beauty and the pain of being in a community, right? You can spend mm. your life distant from everybody or you can get super close and feel all that joy. But no, at some point, it's going to be pain. There's going to be pain. But the joy will be war- better than the pain. And they'll both be, you'll feel them both. So, I think that was it. As far as attracting the people, it was just like, go find me someone who's doing well at a job they hate. That's what we need. <laughs> well, uh, just speaking of your circle, man, I, I want to say thanks for, for finding Anthony. That was a good pick. You know, somebody that you knew, you you brought in a good ringer for yourself. He's done well, don't you think? I mean, Anthony Diaz, dude, I mean, we've known each other, God, it's been 30 years. And, uh, I can't think of a uh, just more amazing person. Like I've never, I, I was, again, like the cruise lines were at us. I've always been perplexed by this guy. He's super talented drummer. Um, he's like, he prepares more than anyone I've ever seen. I mean, I remember being his roommate. All right. Imagine being in college with this guy. We shared, we shared a room. Right. And so before he would go tonight, uh, go to bed each night, you know, you can imagine the two of us talk about tucked and untucked. My stuff's everywhere, right? I, had a, I don't even know what tomorrow's going to look like. This guy's got his clothes folded up on, his, on right next to his bed, and he used to have these orange um, post-it notes, and he, would, and he would write down like five or six things to do the next day. I mean, he had it before he went to bed. He already had his list and his clothes for the next day, which has probably saved him wow. so much time. But, you know, at the time, we were in college, you know, we are both doing the same thing and long hair or whatever, but I just loved how he did it, and he was – so creative and he's got a gift with napkins. You know, he, uh, the, I'll tell you the moment with Anthony that really, I, I remember, and I've asked him to do this several times since. And that, in fact, Sarah Rio was hired on a napkin for this reason, but Anth, I, we were in a band together. And again, I wasn't a great guitar player, um, but I booked all the shows. We had a lead guitar player who's really good. And then we met Ryan Newell from Sister Hazel. He just accidentally ended up at our house one night. Turns out we discover how great he is. And of course we want him in the band, but they're like, where are we going to put him? You know, I mean, natural would be like, he comes in as lead guitar and Andy's out, right? Andy's out. And Anthony and I were best friends and and it it was such a struggle. I can imagine him. He was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Right. I'm dreaming. Anthony's been playing drums since he was six years old. He's been dreaming of being a rock star. We're still in the dream. Right. 
he's like, this may mean I have to let Andy go or tell Andy he's just going to be the manager, right? Well, I'll be damned, but Anthony goes away, thinks about it. I had no idea this was going on. This is what I found out afterwards. I mean, I knew, but I wasn't putting it all together because, you know I mean, I'm just thinking about right now. I wasn't thinking about right. I wasn't fast-forwarding all this whole thing. So he, <laughs> come, he comes back with a napkin. He says, Andy, the Almond Brothers have two lead guitar players and a, and a, and a rhythm guitar player. And he drew it out on a napkin. He still has it. He sent me a picture of this just a couple of weeks ago. And that's just a great example of Anthony going, hey, here's, here's the situation. What can we do? And he, and he drew it out and it was like, and that's what we did. And that I, I've asked him to do the napkin drill 20 times in the last 30 years. And he's just, I, I just, again, just like I said about Sister Hazel, I got so blessed to be paired up with a band like that and so blessed to be paired up in a tennis class in 19 in the spring of 1990 with Anthony Diaz. Wow. Random. Wow. Well, yeah, man, you left, you left him in uh or you left us in good hands with Anthony, man. I, that's why I just wanted to make sure we shouted him out. And that's, that's a, an example of your circle, you know, kind of, kind of setting us up for, for greatness going forward after, after you stepped away to do what you're doing now, you want to talk about what you're doing now? Yeah, I will you say feel good on, about it. Yeah, I do. I mean, I will say on the Anthony part, like this start, he started in 2011 and I've been asking him for years. Like it took me three or four years of me constantly offering him <laughs> to come and, you know, get on a path to, to run the company at some point. And we went to Oprah. He, t- he got tickets for us to go to Oprah. So we took our wives to Chicago and it wasn't till 2009 that I finally see- could see he was serious. He was, he could feel that it was, he's going to be ready for something soon. And then of course it happened. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. So what am I, what I'm doing now? So, you know, I'm six man blessed me, right? Like uh, it's just super blessed. I felt like I got to do everything I could again. The only way for people to grow was for me to get out of the way. And so I did. And, you know, and it's been so great to see all of you guys just like grow and you're doing so, I mean, it blows my mind to watch what you guys are doing now. So, so for me, I took a few years. I got to, I was really curious about what was going on in my community. I got kind of fell in love with the, the challenge that generational poverty brings and, and understanding what that, where that comes from and what are some potential, you know, pathways to maybe make it better, you know, at some point. And, uh, and in doing that, um, I kind of had this started after a few years, had this kind of drive to, to build something again, to like, try to build something. But this time, instead of building something, you know, that was just about solving a, 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 a business problem, that it would, it would be solving a social problem. You know what I mean? It, mm. The better we do, the, the more successful we are on the business side, the, the more impact we can have on the social side. And so a lot of people refer to this like a consciously conscious capitalism, right? So it's just, okay. just, you know, everybody wins, right? You know, um, not, not a winner take all thing. And so, so I started this brand called Topeka, which came from the movie Almost Famous, which I love. It's just, again, kind of like in the six-man saying, it's just real Topeka people, right? We're just nothing special, but we care. We got the heart. And uh, we're, what we're trying to do on the, on the, on the business side is we're trying, to, we're trying to create products and experiences for bands so they don't have to choose between their fans and their family. Uh, bands, bands are having to go on the road over the last 10 years, they have to get all their money on the road for the most part, because the, the way artists get paid has shifted from royalty driven to performance driven. And, and while that's been great and very lucrative because ticket prices are high, 
um, as these bands uh, try to build families and marriages, it puts a lot of tension on it. And um, I saw that in some of my relationships and said, well, if we could create some things where bands could connect with their fans from home virtually, this was before COVID, um, yeah. and earn some money. Um, and then we could create some opportunities for them, some vacations for them, you know, you know, you know, different ways for them to go on vacation, but bring their family with them. And those were two earning things for them, um, which Six Man does as well as anyone. I mean, I, you can't underestimate while the guests have had so many amazing stories and, and, and impact on them, the artists getting to bring their fan, I mean, their bands and their crew and their, and their, and their significant others and families on these cruises has, it's a big deal. And I would hear from it. I'd hear the artists talk about too. So, um, so anyway, that's what we're trying to do. And I, I, I felt like if we did that, this was the kind of business it's hospitality, just making people comfortable. Right. It's not, you don't need a degree for it. You just got to have yeah. a smile, a smile and be willing to get it, get in there and get dirty. But uh, yeah, so I felt like this would be a business we could build and and also use to create an empowerment path where we could employ this kind of overlooked, underserved community to join us. And I'm happy to say that we have a full time, what the world would call a social worker. We call her empowerment, empowerment coach. And, uh, and, sh- and we have two paid uh, internship positions that, we've, that we're doing right now uh, where, where these, uh, this young man and this, this young lady, they spend 40 hours a week, they get paid, uh, but about 10 or 12 of those hours is um, working with Cherie, our, our, um, our empowerment coach, to help identify barriers and remove them, whether it's housing, transportation, childcare, financial literacy, processing emotional, physical trauma. Uh, it could be anything, but they have someone to kind of walk with because what usually keeps people from succeeding at work is things going on outside of work. So, yep. anyway, so yeah, I'm really blessed and who knows where it's going to go, but it's, it's hard, but it's beautiful. It's messy. <laughs> Man. Yeah. You definitely don't have any, any aversion to getting your hands dirty. I know you definitely don't see problems. You only see solutions that you haven't figured out yet. I I, I stand on that. I, I would trust Andy to figure out anything. So it's it's not surprising to me that you're trying to tackle the ills of of society and you're get, you're going to win. I know you're going to win. It, it might take us a little bit, but you're going to win. Um, as far as with Topeka stuff, were you doing this? You said you did this all before uh COVID all before this whole everything of us being at home I mean is this something that and without going into too much of your trademark secret uh techniques I mean is this something that was zoom dependent did you build your own thing or I mean how did you how did you get in on this that is now everybody's life how did you figure out hey this is this is what we need to do this is the the place that we need to provide virtually um we've well, I started talking to bands and realizing that they were had a lot of downtime at home. This is before COVID and they were playing on the weekends to you know, make their money. And I was like, well, I bet there's some fans that would love to engage with you, even if it's just FaceTime. Mm-hmm. So we found Zoom. And honestly, the funniest thing was our first one was July 30th, 2019. So this is what, six, seven months before COVID hits. Yeah. And when we were building out our plan, the, our biggest challenge was how are we going to get people to know what Zoom was? That really was our plan. Like no one knows what wow. Zoom is. Who's going to do Zoom? You know what I mean? And uh, they're not going to understand how to do it or whatever. And so it's just it goes to show you, man, the things you think are going to be your challenges 
are rarely are, and the ones you don't think are going to be challenges most often are. So, um, so that was that, and we just wanted to see what could happen. But um, my plan was, since a lot of the people we work with were would be probably working from home anyway, uh, not having transportation or whatever it is, that we could find smiling faces to be on the computer and help bring the artist and the fan together, right? And uh, so it's it's just a really it's a really cool thing. And honestly, getting the chance to listen to some of the conversations and these interactions between fans and art, it's beautiful. Like it's it's like it's it's beautiful. But yeah, so yeah, so we use Zoom. Uh, we have we have a booking engine that we built that that once you pay and do all your scheduling and all that stuff, we send you a Zoom link. So it's kind of their work together. But but yeah, that that's what we're doing right now. And that's turned into more with virtual concerts and we're learning. And it's it's a tough business. You know, I was telling someone the other day, like, you know, the bands treat it like it's a venue, except we're not mm. selling we're not selling food and beer. You know what I mean? So it's like, hey, like the the money's got to add up. You know, the reason the restaurant or the bar gives you 90% of the door, the ticket sales is because they get a hundred percent of the food and drink, you know, yeah, and and the parking and all that stuff. So like, you know, we're trying to figure out where the model is. There's beauty there. People love it. Is it a whole business? I don't know yet. I don't know yet, but we're seeing some good signs. And then we've got a vacation that we're working with six man on, which is like the best ever. Um, and uh, yeah, we've got a cool thing that people are really excited about and we think they can complement each other. So I don't know. Shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, that's the perfect transition right there. Let's let's talk about Moon Crush, man, because uh, here we go again. You are going to be a trailblazer. I mean, this is essentially going to be the first real world festival that we're going to have the first major real world festival in this covid world that we're in right now. Uh what are you excited about? What are you looking forward to? I mean, what are the challenges that you're facing in in selling this thing? Because it's doing great and it's looking like it's going to be great. So what are you thinking? Uh, uh, well, first of all, six man again, a story of my life. Ideas that, <laughs> the ideas that only work with great people who believe in them, right? So this is like, you know, this is it, right? Like, I'm happy to get it started, but like I have to get people on board or it, it, as you know, it, it gets ugly. But, um, but no, um, you know, I came down to Miramar Beach, which is right near Destin, and um, during COVID, and uh, you know the kids were quarantining, and uh, you could only rent a house for a month at a time, and they were giving really great deals. So I'm like, hey, kids, you know the, the world rarely gives you a chance to do something like this, and when it does, you just got to go do it. So we're going to vacation, we're going to quarantine from the beach, and being down here, we extended another month, and then I started seeing people. I'd ride my bike down this five mile stretch most mornings, and you see people vacationing and like going to the beach, but staying different and keeping and cooking at home. And then I saw this golf course right across the street from the beach. And I was like, wait a minute, we've done stuff on golf courses before. And the cases weren't going up. The COVID cases in our County, there were like 20 a day in the whole County. And I was like, Oh, okay. People are still vacationing, but they're doing it with a trusted group. What if we could kind of do something like that? You know, borrowing from a lot of what we do with Six Man, like, but if you can't do it on a cruise ship right now, where can you do it? People still want connection. Bands still need, you know, bands still need to see faces when they're playing and, and they need that. Feedback. Absolutely. That, that's the fuel that gets them going, right? So, so how can we do this? So, just the idea, I was like, well, who, who rents these houses? Who owns these houses? So, I literally, got in the car and went around and videoed all the mailboxes or all the the addresses. And out in front of most of these homes is a sign that'll say the name of the house and the 
the vacation rental management company. And so I did that and I found, I found a, um, a young woman named Carla in uh, Detroit. who's like, just, she's just a badass. I said, Hey, I got all this data. Can you put it together and help me figure out what the common ground is? And we figured out there was about five companies who, who were responsible for managing almost most of this area, this, this area we identified. And so I started meeting with these people and saying, Hey, we want to rent like a 300 homes <laughs> for, for, for a week. And they're like, keep talking, you know? So anyway, it was just, <laughs> it's been really fun, but then they were like, you're full of shit, you know? And I was like, Hey, no, no, seriously. No. Here's, my, here's my background. Seriously. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, Google me, man. I haven't gotten busted for anything stupid yet. I, <laughs> I still Google well for the moment until I freaking, you know, whatever. But so anyway, you know, some of them are like, no, thanks. I want nothing to do with it. But some of them are like, let's do this, you know? And so I feel like I'm starting all over again, convincing a band to get on a ship convincing a cruise line to rent us a ship. It's like so funny. So I'm just trying to take the learnings and, and, and uh, we're building community down here. We're meeting people who are like, we need this. We want this. How can we help? And so we're hosting people and ended up buying a house down here. And I've been spent most of my time down. And so it's just been so good to be down here. And it would be the equivalent of being able to live on the ship all year, preparing for an event, like and all the things you could think oh, wow. of and working with the crew and making it all special. So, so it's been super fun to be down here. And, and, and there are challenges, right? There's, there's been like, for example, this is something that doesn't happen on a cruise ship. You rent a home, you get excited. And then two weeks later, you find out the owner of that home decided to sell it. Right. And the new owner, oh, wow. the owner doesn't want to rent it anymore, or the owner wants to move in it for COVID and now they have to give it back. And so we're having to call people and say, Hey, you know, your home has been uh, sold or whatever. But the good news is, um, in every case, there's so much, so many great places. We've been able to find someone, you know, something as good or better without any additional cost. And, and you know, what's funny about it is it reminds me of early six man days. The more you contact, stay in contact with your guests, it gives you a reason to show them what you're made of, right? And a way to show yeah. them. So I call and say, hey, I'm Andy. I'm the founder of Moon Crush. I'm really sorry to tell you this, but I'm calling you because we're going to stay with you. Six man and I, we're going to stay with you to get you taken care of. And I wanted to find out what you loved a lot about that house. What was important to you about that house so that we can go find something that meets that criteria. Was it the pool? Was it the location? Was it the bunk beds? What is it? Tell me those things because there's so many choices. And like I said, it's been really fun. And so now I've got like text dialogues. The funniest one was I called this woman one day. I was down here and she says, you know, we're actually down in Miramar beach. We decided to rent a home for the month and bring our kids down. I'm like, really? Where are you? And she said, we're in Frangista Beach, which is where my house is, which is right in the center of it. And I said, really? So I said, well, I, I want to pick you up. At seven. I'll pick you and your husband up at seven. I'll take you to dinner. I'll show you where the concert's going to be and everything. I ended, nice. up, I ended up picking them up. She took them where the concert was, took them out to dinner. We had the best conversation. We found them a great house the next day. But I'm just saying like that kind of stuff. It just reminds me of like, it's that six man. That's DNA, right? That's who we are. It's like your yeah. crab. Dip. It's like your crab dip bear. I want you to tell the crab dip story. <laughs> Which crab dip? <laughs> no, the one the the Leonard Skinner, the simple man, where the guy didn't win first place, but you made his you made his crab dip. <laughs> oh well, yeah, you know they that, that's above and beyond, man. You know that's what we do. That's what we do. You you said it. I mean, Andy, that's that's what that's what you instilled in us, man. I mean, I 
just personally, man. I mean, I've seen you go out on a limb and do stuff like that, you know, just so many times. It's just second nature. It just seems like, yeah, okay, if you can do something, do it. It's better than just saying, man, that's sorry to hear that and just walking away. It's like, no, okay, what are we going to do to make this better? I mean, I remember being in the Kayamo staircase and, and we had the we had the line of people going down the stairs and you showed up. It was just me and you, and 750 guests. It might have been two other people there. Thacker might have been there, too. But it was, you were like, all right, come on, let's buy drinks. Everybody's getting drinks. And we ran up and down those stairs and we gave everybody drinks. And sure enough, it went from grumble, grumble, grumble to, hey, thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Any other. I remember another time she walking around the boat. Uh, the, the boat hadn't left yet. You said, all right, let's go get some beers. We, we took beer carts and walked around that boat, pushing beer carts, passing out free beer to everybody. Oh, because of the, the compass, the yeah. infamous <laughs> compass. <laughs> yeah, man. Wow. That's good. That's, I mean, that's cool, man. Y'all do that stuff. I, I, I'll tell you my, one of the most things that I remember that maybe the most proud was, um, someone at six man would do something either before the cruise, a letter or flowers or do something really kind. Yeah. Uh, or on board, something would happen, and they never told me, right? That I love it. You guys never told me because that's not why you did it, right? You didn't do nope. it because you wanted someone else to know that you did something great. You did it because that's what you wanted to. You wanted to let that ghost guest know, right? And like, absolutely, I would get notes. People would walk up to me and hand me notes. They would tell me stories. That's how I heard about the crab dip. That guy said, with their test and no, he didn't tell me. And then you go from being mad to like, oh, that's humility. That guy knew he knew what he did and he could have told me and I would have been like, you're the best bear. But anyway, I just think that that's just like, oh, it's one of my most proud, proud, proud memories of all that stuff. Yeah, man, I think that's, um, you know, that's all of six, man. I think just the one common thread we all have as individuals is that the stuff we do, I don't think we're really doing it for, uh, recognition or, or for brownie points or, you know, I guess advancement either, you know, I mean, we all want, we all just want to, at the end of the day, we want the guests to be happy. We want people to be happy. We want people to, to walk away with those memories and those feelings of like, oh, wow, this was the best. It's like, uh, Will Bindington says, you know, we'll make you millionaires in memories. That's, that's what we, that's what we thrive on, I think. And I mean, I, Hey, like I said, I, I got to keep saying it, man. I mean, that's something you instilled in us and you definitely brought people together that want to keep that legacy going, man. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to moon crush. I know people are going to be blown away when they get out there and when they get down there, um, just after coming outside after such a trying year for so many people to have this opportunity. Um, I, I, I hope that they realize that they're in good hands because if anybody can, can make them feel uh, just appreciated and just feel like uh, the birth of a community, a, a strong place to go to, it's going to be you and it's going to be any team that you're attached to. So moon crush, here we go. Yeah, it's us. It's, it's six months, six man in Topeka locking arms to freaking deliver moon crush. It's like if we had a baby, this is what it would look like. <laughs> this is it. Six man in Topeka present moon crush, our baby. <laughs> Little baby moon crush. Little baby moon crush. We love you. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so man, tell me about like tell me about uh Miramar Beach. I mean, is is it been 
difficult, like just to kind of introduce yourself around town is like, hey, I'm I'm the man with the dream here. Is everybody looking at you kind of crazy? Or I mean, is the mayor looking at you like, who is this guy? I mean, what's, what's happening down there? What should we expect? I'll tell you what's going to happen. Anyone listening to this that owns a, a home where they like their favorite place knows that the minute you do something like this, you surrender all your privacy for all this stuff. So, but yep. it's worth it. And uh, so, you know, listen, I, I just go around and ask people, you know, um, um, what what they would do if they were me. You know, hey, we have an idea. I've seen something. I think we can do something similar to what I did in my previous life. And they're, they got my back. Um, do you think the community would appreciate this? Anyone in the community doing really great things you want us to know about or we should meet? That's been amazing. I've met some of the most awesome people down here. Um, we're really focusing on, you know, women and minority-owned businesses providing as much as we can uh, or as, as they can to help bring this whole thing to life, uh, whether it's gear or services or whatever. So we're really, we're being intentional about that partnering with some mm-hmm. really, great, really great charities uh, down here, Pet Rescue. Um, so I'm just, just going out there and just meeting people and just saying the same thing I always do. Like, hey, we got this idea. Is this something you you could be excited about? If so, well, let's do it. If not, then come out, come out and see it anyway. And then maybe you'll feel differently once you're standing in it. You know what I mean? But, you know, I've been thanking everyone. You guys are believing in something that hadn't happened yet. And I that means a lot. So, um, so yeah, but Miramar Beach which I didn't know anything about until a few months ago is between Destin and 30A, Rosemary Beach, all that stuff. So you've got Destin, Miramar Beach, then you have Sand Destin, then you've got these really great 30A beaches. Um, and the Destin has been famous for a long time. Uh, it's got its own brand. It's a great place. Uh, 30A and Rosemary and all that stuff has its, you know, last 15 years have been huge for them. And Sandestin has been great, but Miramar has this as yet to be like, in my opinion, has yet to like really kind of be, I don't know, had the light shine on it. And I, I'm really excited because the beaches are as beautiful as ever. It's a five mile stretch uh, with all kinds of great restaurants and all kinds of housing. You can have a one bedroom condo on the beach or a 12 bedroom house with a pool across the street. I mean, and everything's within a few blocks and and very walkable, bike-friendly golf cart. You can drive your golf cart on the on the street, which is cool. Um, and it's just got this cool vibe. And so I'm just really excited. And Seascape Resort, the golf course, um, has been a great partner. And, um, and I think that people are going to come down here and see this, this really cool town that's been here for a long time. And it's going to feel really charming to them. It's going to feel really charming and very comfortable, right? You're not going to feel like you have to dress up. You're not going to feel like you have to have your best shoes on or you even have to match. You know what I mean? Like you're just going to be like, I'm me. I'm coming out and people, you're here to see me. If you can't see me and you want to see what I'm wearing or what I'm driving, then you're in the wrong place because I came here to be me. And that's really what we're trying to drive home and let people just be 100% comfortable and be with the people they've missed in the last year. I mean, this is a, this is a celebration, a safe, hopefully a safe way for everyone to celebrate together and, just connect over music and ocean and wine, whatever the hell it is. Cook, cook your own meals, whatever. Man, that I, you, you said it all right there. I mean, if, if I was a betting man and I am, I, I'm, <laughs> <No, you are. laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to bet that Miramar beach is going to be the place to be in April and may eight, you know, from years to come, if that's going to be our weekend, let's state the claim to it. Uh, any parting words, 
of wisdom that you want to share with the world, Andy? Anything that you need to tell us? I, listen, I'm I'm grateful. I'm just super grateful. Um, and, you know, just seeing you, I mean, I'm so glad you're doing this, Bear, because like you are uniquely qualified to like get the best out of people. And people are going to be really excited, I think, to come on here and talk, whether it's a guest or artist or whoever it is. And uh, I just, I miss you guys terribly. People ask me all the time, like, what's it like not being at six anymore? Like not many founders can do that. They can leave their baby. It, it becomes their identity. Yeah. They, they can never leave and they want to, you know what I mean? And, and for some reason, I, it just didn't do that to me. I loved it. I miss you guys. When people ask me, I'm like, I miss those people so much. I miss you guys so, so much. But I'm so proud of what you're doing and that y'all are growing and, and doing your own thing. I think it's it's amazing for me. So that's that's my parting words. And I'm grateful. And thank you. Just thank you for anyone who's listening. And support Bear. Because Bear is a freaking treasure. And people have known my name for a while. But they're going to know you. So... The only reason they know me is because of you, Andy. Thank you again for giving me the chance and the opportunity to come here and do my thing with all these other awesome people. Uh, thank you for giving us something that has lasted 21 years and is now um, a staple in so many people's lives. Ladies and gentlemen, the legendary man, the myth, Andy Levine, king of community. Thank clap, you. clap, clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Bear. And dude. that, you're the bomb. No, thank you. No, you're the bomb, Andy. I miss <laughs> you, and I'll see you soon. I can't wait. Y'all are the best. I'll see y'all. See ya. Bye. That's all for today's episode of Behind the Seas Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. If you want to keep up with the six man team or find your dream vacation, follow us on social media or head to sixthman.net.